You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. James Fox writes for Loop Sports. He also writes about the White Sox from time to time. And just about a week and a half ago, he wrote an article about why White Sox fans shouldn't expect a big-name starting pitcher in free agency. And James, we're on the same wavelength. I'm not going for big guys either. Do you feel like the organization is around our thought process here? No Clayton Kershaw, no Dallas Keuchel, but some of these other mid-level guys out there would be what they'd be targeting? I, you know, I think so. And obviously when Han talked the other day, he kind of made it a point to say that they had to add pitching. And I think people kind of jumped to conclusions on that, thinking that they were going to go spend a ton of money. I just, and I think I laid it out in the article a little bit, I don't think it's time just because, not that I don't think they're going to make a big run at some guys. I think they're, I think, and this is off topic, but I think a Manny Machado run is coming. Not that they'll necessarily, not that they'll necessarily get him. But on the pitching side, I just I don't think Patrick Corbin and these guys coming off injury for 130 million dollars plus a top 45 pick to do it like makes sense right now. Now, if you go into next season and you know Cease is okay and your Dane Dunnings and Alec Hansons and those guys don't work out, then you know then you want to like go big on a pitcher next offseason, then I think it makes more sense. I just, I don't think tying up that money right now, like before, you know, your prospects in the next 18 months that are coming up, like makes any sense. Well, I liked how you broke it down in your article, and just for anybody who hasn't seen it on Loop Sports, you, you broke down three big names that other teams might be reaching out and grabbing. Clayton Kershaw, even though he's owed $65 million, he's probably going to end up opting out. And when he does, he's going to want more money because you don't opt out unless you're getting more. Okay, Dallas Keuchel and uh, Patrick Corbin. And of those three, I think Corbin's the guy, if I had a bunch of money to spend, I'd spend it on because Kershaw's had issues over the last couple of years. And Keuchel's been on the downtrend when you look at some of his raw numbers. Yeah, yeah, Keuchel, Keuchel scares me quite a bit. But yes, go ahead. I wouldn't want him, but but I did like, we came up with the same names as guys that they could fill in. Like, why give $16 million to James Shields when you have a guy, like, I love these two guys from Boston that you mentioned in Pomeranz and Eovaldi. I think the, the Red Sox will, will wrap up and, and hold on to Pomeranz and hold on to him tighter than they will to Eovaldi. I think Nathan Eovaldi would be a great target in the offseason for the Sox. Do you think, I mean, I think he made about a million and a half, two million this year. He's going to come in a little bit more, but you've got money to spend, right? They do have money to spend. And even even if it was, you know, if you believe in, you know, if it, he's a guy that I like. If he's a guy that they like and they want to do like a Tyler Chatwood type 338, something like that, like, I don't think that blocks anybody because you could always throw that guy in the bullpen in a year and a half if you have to, or you could move him. I mean, I do think it's going to be multiple pitchers, but I think it's going to be hopefully one youngish guy like that. And then I think I mentioned Gio Gonzalez in my article just because, you know, it like another veteran type guy like that, because I don't, I, 
I, I was under the impression that they might come into spring training and like let Stevens and Adams and some of these guys battle it out. But James Fagan and some others think that they just don't really see much out of those guys. And they're probably just going to be back at Charlotte. So unless you're given a rotation spot to Dylan Covey out of spring training, like you need two pitchers. Well, that, that, that makes me physically ill. That makes me physically ill. If would, that's the right. plan. And I would, I would prefer it to be a guy that you could possibly spin off. Like, I think they want to be better next year for sure. You know, I don't think this is, it's going to be another 65 win season, but the downside with the James Shields, while like, yeah, he, he's like another coach out there and he helps like a lot of your younger pitchers. You can't get anything for him. That doesn't make any, that's why I hated the Miguel Gonzalez signing because there's like no upside in that move at all. I mean, he's either going to pitch like solid innings to save your bullpen, you know, or he's going to get pounded and it's going to help you like in your draft pick race, but like, you're not going to get anything for that guy. So I just, I don't understand throwing $6 million at a guy like that when you can, you know, throw 12 million at somebody else that you might be able to trade halfway through the season. If everything's not going well. Now, before arbitration, the Sox have a little bit under 14 million committed to, <laughs> Like, yeah. like a couple of players yeah. and, the, and then that's it. So they, they basically yeah. the, the world is their oyster. They can, they can play like basically fantasy fantasy baseball and, or like video game GM right now. And they can make a lot that's of right. different yeah. types of moves if they, if they really wanted to do it. So you mentioned just a moment ago, I think they're going to make a run at Manny Machado. That's what I want because I think they need to fix. Look, you've got second short and third Mancada, uh, Anderson, and Sanchez, and they're all basically the same guy when you look at their stats. And and Mancada is his first year. I, there's more of a chance that he might grow into something. I'm not impressed by 2020 by Anderson because I don't see as much growth as some of the big Tim Anderson fans have. I know Machado's going to want to play short. I say bring him in here and put him at short. Fix one of these problems on the left side of your infield. I also would love it if they went and they did something to bring in somebody as a stopgap at third until they found the real answer there. Do you think they'll make moves for the left side of the infield this year? I I think that they have to do something at, at third base and they have to do something in center field. And it might not be the long-term upgrades that people want to see, but you cannot run this team back out there again next year. You can have parts of it, I wrote an article about uh, DH platoon with with uh, Daniel Palka and Matt Davidson because when you break down the numbers, if used properly, which they're not, you know Matt Davidson put up big time numbers against left handed pitching and and Daniel Palka did the opposite. But you cannot pretend to, you know, possibly win in the seventy five ish game range and run Adam Engel out in center field and continue to do what you're doing at third base. I mean, Yomer Sanchez is a utility guy. He's fun. Everybody likes him, but I mean, he's like an under 700 OPS infielder. I mean, you just can't run that back again. Covering the team, the amount that you do, how, how much of a, how much of an upheaval do you think like, I mean, a conservative estimate, how much of an upheaval do you think you see here in the off season? Do we see, do we see a couple of signings? Do we see a trade happen? Do we see them move a prospect or something like that to get a position because they're so deep in outfield prospects? I mean, what, is this going to be an exciting offseason or are we going to be sitting around in January going, what the heck? No, I think it's, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be exciting. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> I think the lead up to the winter meetings will be exciting because I think 
you're going to start hearing them connected to guys. Now, does that mean they're going to land somebody big? I, I don't know. I think that, look, I'm as skeptical of like Jerry Reinsdorf spending as anybody is, but like from what I've been told from people that I know, like this time, like they're, they're not lying about it. So you also can't, you can't make someone come here, but I mean, I, I think that money, money talks, man. And they, they have a lot of it if they want to use it. So, um, whether that whether that turns into you going after Manny Machado, not landing him, and then looking into short term deals with you know older guys that people are going to hate, like Josh Donaldson or Andrew McCutcheon or somebody, just to like get a little bit better, so that you can let your prospects come up and develop, and then go back into free agency next year for uh, Nolan Arenado or somebody. But I mean, I do think I do think they're going to at least be mentioned quite a bit um and there's going to be a lot of open spots on that 40-man roster so um i don't know if they're quite ready for prospect for prospect trades but that might be the next step if you can't land like a big fish type guy socks in the basement socks in the basement Socks in the basement. James Fox from Loop Sports on the line with us. You can follow him on Twitter at James Fox 917. What's the 917? Is that like that got a special number birth- for you? It's just my <laughs> it's just my birthday. Yeah. September 17th. I didn't know birthday. I didn't know if it was like a secret code or something like that, or was it just your birthday? Okay, cool. Before I get you out of here, I want you to break a few hearts here for me, real quick. Okay. There, there are White Sox fans. I, look, as somebody who's podcasting for the Sox, I understand that the people who are checking out my show are your Uber fans. Okay, these are these are people that can't get enough White Sox coverage, especially if you're checking out the Sox in the Basement podcast. Okay, so that means that you've also you're also the kind of fans that fall in love with players that really aren't part of the process in the next couple of years are probably not going to be here. So I'm just going to throw a few names out. You just tell me off the top yeah. of your head. Do you think this guy really like is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he in two years a major piece of this team, or even on this team, or is he off it? I want you to break a few hearts, okay? Okay, okay we'll start with okay. an e- we'll start with an easy one. Adam Angle. No. No. Okay. Nay. Nay. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I don't even think he'll be on the roster. Honestly, I don't think he's even a fourth. I don't really think Adam Angle can hit well enough to be a fourth outfielder. Um, Ricky Renteria loves him though, so. Okay, so I'll give you another one that I think is also a neighbor. We'll see what you say. Nikki Delmonico. No, I'll say nay on that, too. I'm with you. I just, I I don't know where he plays, and I just talked to you about Matt Davidson and Daniel Palka kind of having a role if used properly. If you also, like, put Eloy Jimenez on this roster, like, where does Nikki Delmonico fit on it? I, I don't see it. I'm with you on it. Okay, here we go. We're going to get with the more difficult ones. Tim Anderson in two years. Ooh. <laughs> uh, see, I here's the thing with Tim is um, I'm not a huge fan of the, the low on base percentage type style that he plays, but he was the 17th pick in the first round. He plays, you know, pretty good defense at shortstop, and he's, you know, going to hit 20 or so homers. I think that's a scouting win personally after playing in Juco. I think he's like an eight or nine hitter on a really good team. Um, I'll say yes, he's here. Okay, but would he be playing shortstop? Um uh yes. Yeah, I think I think I think I think yes because I don't think I don't think Machado can play short personally. Um 
I think the shortstop thing is a, is a way for him to get more money. Um, and, and, you know, Nick Madrigal, who I'm a fan of, but I think he, he's probably going to be at second and Moncada is probably the one that moves. Okay. So now to where, to where, to where I don't know. Yeah. I would think they're going to, they, they're not going to give up on him after one year, right? There were, there were some positive signs there. No, no, no. He's playing, he's playing second next year. And if Nick Madrigal forces his way up and has to play second, then they'll figure it out then. But no, they're not, they're not going to move him prematurely. He's going to stay a second. All right, cool. One more here. I think I already know that the answer is going to be a yay for you, but I, I just don't know. Is he a flash in the pan, or is he going to build off this year, Daniel Pelka? Um, I don't know if he's a flash in the pan. I don't think he's um, a starter. Like, I think he's uh, – like, they used him too much against lefties this year. I think – used in a strictly a role where he faces nothing but right-handers. He could be half of a DH or first base platoon, or he could be like a bench bat. Now, with that being said, it's tough to keep a bunch of guys like that if you're going to keep 13 pitchers on your pitching staff because you just don't have enough bench spots with an extra catcher, an extra infielder, and an extra outfielder, and he's not really a typical fourth outfielder, obviously, because he can't play center. So... I mean, look, I, I like him like everybody else does. He's a little bit of a folk hero, you know. Shout out to the guys over in 108 that are obsessed with him, and he's kind of the everyman. But, I mean, um, I think he has a role next year, 2020. I would probably say no. Okay, I'm going to let you go. I, I, You know, I'm going to ask you one more. Ricky Renteria. Ricky Renteria in two years. Um, I I still think no. But, <laughs> I mean, the the big... Some of the big B guys. I'm with you um, on this. Like US, I'm with you like on I this. I know, like I know Scott Merkin a little bit, and some of these guys, and you know they they swear that the team really likes Ricky, and I'm sure they do, but I just I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. I I generally think most managers are overrated to begin with, um, but it's it's hard to tell what he's actually doing because the team's so bad. I just I can't handle some of the some of the bunting and some of the decisions. I hope it's somebody else. And I think they got a couple of guys, you know, if it were Omar Vizquel, it wouldn't stun me. If it were their, uh, their guy that they really like down in class a, that wouldn't stun me either. The only thing I would be stunned by is if they paid like six or $7 million for a big name manager. Cause Jerry's never done it. So, but no, I don't, I don't think it'll be Renteria. James Fox from Loop Sports. I appreciate you coming on, Socks in the Basement. Thank you very much for joining us. It was really cool. All right, no problem, man. Anytime. Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the Broadcast Basement with Chris for 10 years, and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the Broadcast Basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at BroadcastBasement.com. That podcast, though, is not for the faint of heart. The Broadcast Basement is literally a ridiculous, outlandish... It's that We say whatever we want to, and we're normally hammered down here at the bar when we're saying it. So it's not for children, it's not for the faint of heart, it's beer, fatherhood, and fun, but it's it's definitely not for everybody. And if you're easily offended, stay away from it. Now, if you're into that kind of thing, check out the broadcast basement. This is more stable. This is fans talking about their favorite team to other fans. For fans, by fans, 
all about the White Sox, 30 minutes of socks. It's Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Make sure if you have not subscribed to the show through a player that's going to give you an update every once in a while on, hey, there's something new from Socks in the Basement, that you do so. Apple Podcast is great for this. Um, there are a lot of other players that are really good at giving you notifications as well. I know Podbean does it as well. Um, but there are a lot of them out there. If you have one, you like to go, hey, Alexa, play Socks in the Basement. You like to use Spotify, whatever. But you want some kind of subscription because whenever news breaks or big things happen, we're going to cover it at least in a quick blurb before we get to the regular weekly show that comes out every Wednesday. Now, all that said, let's talk about what James Fox talked about from the Loop Sports because he's shined not only some light on things that I already touched on last week, but he has given me some more ideas. I actually came up with a list of things that I would like the Sox to do. And it's a very conservative, very minor list. It's the starting point. It's the idea that this is what I'd like them to do at a minimum. It's my minimal wish list for the Chicago White Sox. Now, I know they have a low payroll, and we talked about that with James, but they're going to have to pay all these guys that are making the minimum. They have to renew their contracts. So that money is going to get added on the books. They got a few arbitrations. That money is going to get on the books. There's going to be some guys they're going to let go of. I don't think that they're going to tender Lurie Garcia. Goodbye, Lurie. We, we will remember you fondly. I don't see why you're going to give that guy anything at this point. It's time to move on and make some changes on this team. You're arbitration eligible, and you aren't somebody that could make a difference this year and really for the next several years. I think they're going to, get, they're going to jettison you. I think they're going to give up on you. I think Avisel Garcia may or may not be on the team, but I think they're going to keep him because I think they're going to get a better arbitration number this year because he had such a poor year. 6.7 for 2018, let's say he gets about 5, 5.5. So I'm giving Abreu his 13 mil that he made last year. I'm renewing all the contracts. I'm stuck with Wellington Castillo because he's making seven and a quarter million in 2019, and I can't see the Sox just throwing that money away. They'll throw away a million on a catcher, but they're not going to throw away 7.25 mil. That's why Castillo's still hanging around. That's bad money, but they're going to keep him around and justify it for one more year. Then it's $500,000 I got to buy him out for in 2020. So this is his last year with the Sox. Unless somebody needs a veteran catcher and they're like, we can move this money, and they do that. Also, really interesting, I'm saying get rid of Shields and buy him out for $2 million. I'm also saying buy out Nate Jones. I'm done with him. $1.25 million buyout, I'm done. Sorry, Nate, I've moved on from you. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be a part of this when it really goes down. I think we've stuck with you for way too long. You know who else you're paying in 2019? You're paying $1 million still to Jake Peavy in 2019. This was, I mean, like, I was, I was like, really? And then I remembered how his deal was structured, and I was like, we are still paying Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy gets a million dollars of your payroll next year. It's a drop in a bucket. What is the difference between my payroll is estimated, what I came up with for them is $91 million. It would have been just $90 million, but I got to give Jake Peavy a million dollars. Ridiculous. Rodon is going to be up for arbitration. His half season and his struggles at the end are going to save the Sox, I think, a lot of money. I went with a $7 million arbitration figure. Eh, give or take, he might, he might end up with a couple million extra, but I don't think that's going to break the bank either way. That's where I've got him at. Abreu's getting $13 million again. Otherwise, it's a bunch of guys with league minimums. Uh, Yomer Sanchez, arbitration eligible. He'll get 2.4, and Anderson's got a contract that's given him 1.4. After that, everybody's getting about $550,000 each, give or take $10,000 here or there, just to have their contract renewed. 
So now all that said, here's what the White Sox will most likely be starting with next year if they go make a couple of moves that James and I just talked about. Another one that we're going to talk about, we're going to get into it, but there's a few moves there. Let's just see what the Sox do. You're starting rotation, Rodon, Lopez, Giolito, and then James and I talked about it, two pitchers. So you're going to spend money on Eovaldi, Cahill, maybe Gio Gonzalez, whatever, couple years, couple there, whatever you're going to end up doing. So I'm saying $7 million you're going to spend on those two up to 10, between 7 and $10 million in payroll that you're going to spend on those two pitching spots to get one of these pitchers that has some good sabermetric stats, can come in and be stop gaps, and that you can still move into the bullpen to bolster it later on when some of these guys like Dane Dunning, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech comes back, and you you don't need these guys anymore. They're on your way into your bullpen, and, and you don't mind paying them that money, okay? So I got Eovaldi and Cahill, for example. Those are my two guys because those are the ones that I like the best. I'm giving $30 million a year over 10 years to Manny Machado. I know. Some of you think I'm absolutely insane. 26 years old, future Hall of Famer, Manny Machado. I'm with James. I'm actually more against Tim Anderson because I don't see 2020 being enough when your whole left side of your infield needs to be bolstered. You have too many holes. He's right. Anderson would be great as an eight or nine hitter on your team, but you need bigger hitters. Manny Machado is going to fix that. I'm not saying Anderson's off the team. In fact, here's what I do with Tim Anderson. I have penciled in in my original thing that I came up with before I talked to James Fox from Loop Sports. I came up with Eduardo Escobar currently finishing out his deal, making about $4 million for the Arizona Diamondbacks, being scooped up. He's 31 years old. Scoop him up and put him out there for a couple of years at third base at about $5 million a year. Now, do something like that or put... Anderson at third and spend that money on the center fielder that Fox says that we're going to need because Adam Angle is not going to make this team. And even though Ricky Renteria loves him, he doesn't see Adam Angle really being a part of this team going forward. So at least that's what James Fox seemed to say when we were talking to him. So you're going to spend that money either on Escobar at third and stick Anderson in center to start the year which I'd be fine with trying him out. You know how many guys play center field that started as middle infielders? You have to be the most athletic guy on the field to play shortstop. It's okay to put that guy in center field. Let him continue to work on his bat. He's going to bring you more production than what Engel was doing, and at least you get to see will he develop into something more at the plate. And if Machado eventually moves over to third base, Anderson can move back to short. You get yourself some flexibility, but that's what I'm doing with the team. So Escobar or a center fielder, Machado, Eovaldi, and Cahill are my two guys at starting pitcher. Maybe you move another guy in from the, that James Fox talked about from Loop Sports. And that's the changes that I'm making. Bullpen-wise, you're going to have plenty of guys that you can either renew the contract of or you can bring them back for the league minimum. But I'm not keeping anybody that I haven't mentioned to this point. Navarez, Abreu, Mancada, Pelka, Garcia, Davidson, Anderson, Sanchez, Castillo, Rodan, Lopez, Giolito. If you are making more than the league minimum or you're not one of those people, I'm not giving you a tender. I'm not offering you a contract. I'm letting you go. You haven't done anything to make me love you. You dispute that. You have a phone number. I gave it out to you. I want to hear what you, why you dispute that with me. 708 459 8406. 708 459 8406. Tell me why you dispute that. The White Sox need to play better. 
The White Sox can't lose 100 games. The White Sox can't go out there and fail because you have to start building a winning attitude. You don't go from a 100-loss season to a 95-win season. It's just not how baseball works. That happens in miracles and in movies. So now you have to look at this team and say, what do I do to the team? I don't think there's a lot of massive free agents that I would go out and get. And I don't know which low-level guy that I, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I got, I got to get that guy. You know, I mean, that's, that's the guy I got to go out and, and grab. So I'm just looking at just the basics. Guys are going to come available. There's going to be trade possibilities. But I'd be crazy to sit there and tell you, we're going to trade this guy and this guy for this guy. You can't make up trades. The other team needs to be willing. They have to have something they need. You have to have something you need. Could I see the White Sox? I, I, I've said it before. I would not mind the White Sox moving a guy from their major league roster and a prospect that they don't see fitting because there's so many of them in the outfield position and moving that person to pick up a player to fix another position. I don't know where you would get that player from. though. What would you have to give up to get that player? See, I don't think you want to give up a lot of prospects. I don't think that you want to say, I'm giving up two prospects to get myself a third baseman. I'm giving up two prospects to get myself an outfielder. When you know you have a center fielder, hopefully, and Robert that's coming, and you don't have an answer at third base yet, but you can at least go out and get a stopgap while you build third base up. And it's interesting what we heard from James Fox at the beginning of this program. Because he sits there and he goes, well... I think the guy that'll end up getting moved is Juan Mancada. Now, this is not the first time that I've heard that. I heard Steve Stone mention. I don't, I don't, I don't know how long he'll be playing second base. Now, they're, they're using Nick Magidrell down at short. He still plays a little bit of second. But is Mancada the third baseman? Is this what the hope is? That Juan Mancada will actually develop so much so that you'll be like, yeah, we want him over a third? Is that really what the plan is right now? Even if that's the plan, who's bridging the gap till then? Do you really want to tell your fan base 2020 and 2019 and 2020 are a wash? Because if you don't do anything to bridge the gap, you don't go out and get a player now, and you don't start building this team, that, that's what it is. Nobody wants to go out and see 2019 suck. Nobody wants to go out and, and, and watch the same crap out there. Because as much as you love... Yomer Sanchez dumping things on his head. And, and the fun interviews given by guys like Matt Davidson and Daniel Pelka. These are guys who are role players on teams at best. These are not the guys that you're going to win things with. So you have to decide, do you want them as your role players? Or you want to get rid of guys like Tim Anderson? Or do you want to keep Tim Anderson as a role player because talent-wise he's actually better than these guys and you're going to let go of the folk heroes and the people that you love? Because this team, the way it was, is not going to come back next year and all of a sudden win 80 games. It's not. It's not winning 85. This team, the way it's constructed, can't do that. So, so you have to make moves. The old adage, to make an omelet, you got to crack a couple eggs. Some eggs are going to get cracked. So I love what, I love what James Fox had to say. I love what he said. I love taking from that interview... Manny Machado, they're going to make a run at him. I love taking from that that they know that they have to fix other positions than just go get a Manny Machado. I love the fact that he says, certain guys, I don't see them on this team next year. I'm sorry, it's time to start trimming the fat. 
I'm sorry if it hurts, but some of these guys are going. And I love how he's of the ilk of, don't give James Shields that money. Why would we pay $16 million for a guy to be a coach? There are other veteran pitchers you can get for less money. Gio Gonzalez may actually, and wouldn't it be crazy if you went and you got him again? They get him, they trade him, they get him, they trade him, they get him again. I mean, that'd be nuts. But go get a guy like Eovaldi and get a Gio Gonzalez if you want somebody that's going to help these guys. You know, you want you want veteran experience. There, there's guys out there you can get for less money and you could fill two holes. I don't want to see Dylan Covey pitching in the opening day roster on this team. I don't want him as a starting five. If that's happening, we're in trouble. I want to see some, some of the guys that are down in the minors that they got to protect. Like Spencer Adams, have a shot, but if he doesn't make it, maybe he ends up in the bullpen as like the sixth starter or somebody that you're going to get, you're going to get him some work every once in a while, two, three innings here, two, three innings there. There's no reason to hold on to dead weight on this team. There's too much dead weight on this team. If you trim fat off this team, they're still fat. There's still guys that are going to get another chance. Juan Manaya is still going to get another chance because he's already, he's already there. He's just a renewable contract. I think he's terrible, but he's probably going to be out there again with his 1.8 whip. So you got to trim some fat here. I I can't wait to see what they do. I'm just anxious. I'm just so anxious to see what they do. And I'm anxious to hear what you say they're going to do. Tell Sox in the basement what you think the White Sox are going to do. You can follow us on Facebook and tell us. You can comment right at the bottom of this show if if you see a link for it someplace. Just comment. This is what I think they're going to do. I'll take that. I'll use it. You can hit us up on Twitter at Socks in the Basement. Just, just, just hit us on Twitter, Socks in the Basement Podcast on Twitter. Or call the number because we'd love to hear your voice. 708-459-8406. 708-459-8406. Robot voice says, leave a message. Leave your message. It'll get played. I'm going to play it all, man. The only thing I'm going to do is bleep out swear words because I try to keep this thing for everybody so a dad can sit in the car with his kid and listen to it. But other than that, just launch it out there. I'm not going to screen your calls. I'm just going to play them. If I get 100 calls, I'll play 100 calls. I'm going to play it if you leave the message. Call that number. I can't wait to hear what you want to do. I can't wait to talk to more and more people like James Fox from Loop Sports to tell me what they think we should do. And I can't wait to see what happens next. It's going to be a fun off season. I believe it, even more after listening to that interview. This is Socks in the Basement. We will see you next week. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's basement. Broadcast basement. The Nudie's basement. The broad basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.